Stand Firm Ministries, Biblical Truth, taught by Dr. Shane Perez. Today's sermon is a growing darkness threatens Christianity. Now, I have to be honest with you, I did not necessarily wanted to preach this sermon today. I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm in the Christmas mood. This is a, I don't know why, but this year I'm more excited about Christmas than I've been in, in a few years. And I really don't know why, but I've just been ready for Christmas and all the things that have to do with Christmas. Um, the warm Texas temperature, the mosquito. Okay, not those necessarily. But, um, but I'm ready for Christmas. And there's... Um, but you know, I'm very interested in things that are going on in the world, and I believe the pulpit is a place to inform uh, people of things that are going on. And I believe when you look at the history of churches, especially churches in America, you see that happen throughout history. Now, in today's world, churches are a little bit different. Um, it seems like we moved instead of trying to necessarily transform people or inform people or educate people, it's almost turned into trying to please people. But anyway, I've been seeing some things, and God's been stirring my heart a little bit on some, some things we need to be concerned about, and I've just been sort of pushing them in the back burner for a little bit. But it seems like I, God said that's enough. So I wanted to bring things to your attention today about a growing darkness that is threatening Christianity. Verse I want to read for you is John three nineteen. This is a verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Then in verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. As we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate this time of the year, it is a time of celebration because light has come into the world. It's not just a baby was born over 2,000 years ago. It's not just that it's the foundation of our religion. But light itself has come into the world. But make sure you're clear on Scripture that not everybody loves the light. People love darkness instead. There are evil people among us with deeds that are evil. And they hate the light. Therefore, we see threats against Christianity. We see threats against Christianity in our own country, but we see threats against Christianity throughout the world. And I want to start by showing you some that are taking place not in America. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. So you remember when Russia invaded Ukraine in February. And at that time, our leaders told us this wasn't some faraway conflict in Eastern Europe. This was our war. No military should ever be allowed to invade a sovereign nation, they told us. Iraq and Afghanistan obviously not included in that rule. The invasion of Ukraine could not stand because it was a matter of first principles. But more than that, it was a world historic moral battle that we were obligated to join. It was very clear Vladimir Putin was pure evil. He was Hitler reborn. 
The Ukrainian President Zelensky was his mirror image. He was saint-like, self-denying, brave, honest, very handsome. And Zelensky was fighting for the very same ideals that our country was founded on. A number of news outlets, including CNN and the LA Times, compared him to George Washington. So they told us that with one voice, month after month, no disagreement allowed. Not surprisingly, it worked. Americans fell hard for President Zelensky. They all did. Even in rural areas that voted against Joe Biden, you saw Ukrainian flags hanging from mailboxes. To many people, it felt like World War II again, the good war, a battle against tyranny abroad for the sake of freedom and democracy at home. Well, the better part of a year later, it's getting harder and harder to believe any of this. Whatever you think of the war in Ukraine, it is pretty clear that Zelensky has no interest in freedom and democracy. In fact, Zelensky is far closer to Lenin than to George Washington. He is a dictator. He is a dangerous authoritarian who has used $100 billion in U.S. tax dollars to erect a one-party police state in Ukraine. And that's not an overstatement. Over the past year, Zelensky has banned opposition parties. He shut down critical media by force. He's arrested his political opponents. He has sent soldiers into churches. Zelensky's secret police have raided monasteries across Ukraine, even a convent full of nuns and arrested dozens of priests for no justifiable reason whatsoever and in clear violation of the Ukrainian constitution, which no longer matters. And in the face of this, the Biden administration has said nothing, not one word. Instead, they just continue to push to send Zelensky more tax dollars. So naturally, Zelensky has become much bolder. Why wouldn't he? Last week, he announced his plan to ban an entire religion, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, and to seize its property all for being insufficiently loyal to his regime. And he said it out loud. Watch this. We have to create such conditions when any people dependent on the country aggressor won't be able to manipulate Ukrainians and weaken Ukraine from within. First, the National Security and Defense Council instructed the government to submit to the Verkhovna Rada a draft law on making it impossible for religious organizations affiliated with centers of influence in the Russian Federation to operate in Ukraine. A free country does not ban a major religion just because it's not fully on board with the political program of the people running the country. But Zelensky's doing that, and his cabinet is now devising ways to punish Christians for practicing their banned ancient religion in Ukraine. Quote, personal economic and restrictive sanctions will be applied to any Christian caught worshiping in unapproved ways. Now, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church is more than a thousand years old. With the full backing of the Joe Biden administration and the U.S. Congress, Zelensky has decided to ban it. So here's the response of one bishop to the news. You're not allowed to send soldiers into churches. You're not allowed to arrest dozens of priests because they refuse to bow before you. You're not allowed to ban whole religions. So most of the U.S. media, most, have just ignored this. Some have made excuses for it. Oh, he has to do this because there's a war. But there's no justification for this whatsoever. 
The Ukrainian Orthodox Church is not Russian, it's Ukrainian. It has no connection to the Putin government. It has, in fact, officially denounced the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So once again, there is no justification for destroying and banning this church. And yet Zelensky's many celebrity backers in the West have said nothing about it. And they should know better. In May, George W. Bush, the great defender of Christendom, met with Zelensky on a Zoom call and afterward described him as the Winston Churchill of our time, a man who should be praised for his, quote, commitment to liberty. So where's George W. Bush on this question? Now that his friend, the George Washington of Ukraine, has banned a form of Christianity in that country. Well, George W. Bush has been silent as well. So have many purportedly Christian members of Congress. They're backing Zelensky no matter how many Christians he arrests, no matter how many churches he seizes. To the Ukrainian people, uh, you can expect the Congress to, to be there with you in terms of supporting your efforts to maintain your freedom. Everything that we can do uh, to be helpful to them as they fight for, as they fight for their freedom. I think the history of the 21st century turns on how fiercely mm -hmm. we defend freedom in Ukraine. We will continue to provide military equipment so that Ukraine can defend its territory and its freedom. The United States will continue our unwavering support for Ukraine as it defends its freedom. And let's get the job done so that we can save lives in Ukraine and defend the cause of freedom. The free world had no choice. America could not stand by. The American people did what they always had done, defend freedom around the world. Every single person you just watched has campaigned, many of them make a habit of campaigning, Lindsey Graham, ladies and gentlemen, in Christian churches in the United States. Will a single Christian leader say anything to them about this? You are funding the destruction of Christianity in Ukraine? Oh, but it's the cause of freedom, really? The reality is that Ukrainians cannot listen to media outlets that criticize the Zelensky government because they've been banned. They cannot play music from Russian singers. No, this is not in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. This is in the democracy of Ukraine that we support. They can't play music from Russian singers. They can't vote for an opposition party because they've all been shut down. And now their churches are being raided and their priests arrested. So the fact that our leaders are calling this freedom tells you a lot about what they're planning here. I don't know about you, but when I see that and see how so many of our leaders are being quiet, makes me think of the Hitler regime. And how in the world could Hitler get away with all the things that he did and nobody say anything about it? Well, I don't want you to be blind. I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to be aware of what is going on in the world. And some people will say, well, this is political. You're talking politics from the pulpit. Maybe we need a little more politics from the pulpit. But when they start attacking Christianity, I will stand up and I will make sure that the people of God are aware of what's going on in the world and honestly how the leaders of your country are responding to it. I wish it was just happening elsewhere, but you're seeing also attacks here in our country as well. Now, one thing you got to get under, you got to understand is that there's some places and there'll be some times when they just straight up attack Christianity. But then there's other times when there will be threats and attack, attacks against the things of God. They won't use the word Christianity, but they will, maybe they'll attack morality of things of that line that is crystal clear in scriptures of what it should look like. And when they oppose the truths that are found in Scripture, 
they are opposing Christianity. I think the sad event that has happened in our country just in the last couple of weeks is a passage of the Respect for Marriage Act. If you're not familiar with that, here's a little short summary of what that was. In a historic move by Congress, lawmakers have passed the Respect for Marriage Act, which is enshrining the rights of same-sex and interracial marriages. It puts into law that same-sex marriages and interracial marriages are legally recognized on the federal level. So any marriage between two people, as long as their union was valid in the state where they got married, would be federally recognized. It also repeals the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, and that defined marriage as one man and one woman, and it allowed states to decline to recognize same-sex marriages that were performed in other states. So the bill was drafted after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade um, this past summer. In Justice Clarence Thomas's ruling, he expressed possible interest in reconsidering same-sex and interracial marriage rights. So with these concerns that the Supreme Court might overturn some of these protections, Congress decided to act. So the legislation originated sort of as a protective measure. So this legislation is historic because it enshrines the right to marriage equality into federal law, which is something that we have not quite seen before. And in addition to that, the passage of this legislation really demonstrates a pretty significant shift in views on same-sex marriages, and it marks a pretty significant legislative win for LGBTQ plus community and specifically on the federal level, which again is something that we haven't seen before. So yes, yeah, so there's something America has, has never seen before. What has happened is uh, it is now uh, federal law that you have to respect the marriage of same-sex marriage. So the question will be, well, how does that affect churches? Well, there is some concern that it could be pretty dramatic effects on churches. These are just some of the news uh, articles that you can run across. But there is great concern that the Respect for Marriage Act will usher in a new era of oppression for Christians. Newly passed Respect for Marriage Act may threaten religious liberty. Experts say churches, faith-based social service agencies, and businesses threatened by Respect for Marriage Act. What's going to happen if you do not... Um, I guess allow same-sex, I guess, interaction or marriages or different things like that in your, in your community, what are you more or less doing? Seems like you'll be breaking federal law. So if somebody comes to our church and says they want to do a, a same-sex sex marriage and we said no, we, we don't believe in that or we're not going to allow you to do that, there may be grounds there that we are breaking federal law. Because it is locked in to federal law now. And I don't even know if we understand what the results of that are going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be, it's not going to be good.
What happened while we were away brought to you by declaring war on God. The Senate yesterday smacked down Senator Mike Lee's amendment to the Disrespect for Marriage Act and passed the bill onto the House where it will surely pass. If you believe and espouse publicly that marriage is between one man and one woman, if your church rightly will not perform same-sex weddings, if you own a business and you won't cater to couples who are engaging in this wicked practice, you're now an enemy of the United States government. Reason why I'm using a lot of videos and, and show your articles and things like that, because I feel like if I just went through and tell you a lot of these things, you may walk away and think, well, that's just that's just his opinion. He's a little extreme. He's a little one of those far right fringe guys. But I want you to see that this is really going on. It's just not my opinion or, or my evaluation. And you need to be aware and you need to be concerned. Now, one thing about it, we serve an awesome God that will take care of us. But you also got to understand, if you're a student of history, you see throughout history that Christianity has been under attack. Darkness does not like Christianity. Now, we've been living for, for many uh, decades, if not centuries, in, in a country that has sort of protected Christianity. But I hope you are being fully aware that those days are very quickly coming to a close. And that's okay. But just be aware of it. Don't put your head in the sand. God has allowed us to live during these times, not to not say anything, not to back down from a spiritual battle, but be aware of what's going on and to stand up and fight. I'll give you an example of some other things that are going on in our world today. Many of y'all may be familiar with Kirk Cameron. He has wrote a children's book. And then he contacted the libraries and wanted to go and read his children's book at the library. It didn't have quite a, um, a warm welcome as he probably anticipated or thought he would. Now, if you... I don't know if you go to the library a lot, but you've probably seen libraries on the news a lot lately. Because so many of them are doing drag queen story hours. If you don't know what that is, that is where a grown man dressed as a woman will come into a group of kids and read them a story, a kid's story. Actually, it's even been taking place in some of our churches as well. So we see what is going on, but then when it comes time for a Christian author to read his book, it seems like uh, there's a different approach there, a little bias against that. Here's Kirk Cameron talking about that. So let's say you want to host a drag time story hour with seven-year-olds. You obviously can use your public library for that, but you can't read a book about God at a public library. And the actor Kirk Cameron just learned that. Dozens of public libraries refused to give him a slot to speak to kids about his new faith-based book called As You Grow. One Rhode Island library told him, quote, we are a very queer-friendly library. Our messaging does not align. <laughs> okay, Kirk Cameron joins us tonight. Kirk, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so they wouldn't let you read this book? This book was banned in libraries? How controversial is this book? Well, it, it's a book that teaches biblical wisdom through the seasons of life to children and the value of growing the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control. 
and I wanted to do a book reading at a public library, and I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that have hosted drag queen story hours. Uh, one of the most outrageous denials was uh, Alameda County Public Library that said they didn't want that book teaching kids biblical values, um, while at the same time they're hosting a gender name change clinic tomorrow. And I'm thinking, wow, if uh, we're so committed to diversity, why am I being excluded? Why can't I use your facility to read my book? You're a library. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so we began the show with a story about how the president of Ukraine has banned a Christian religion in Ukraine. And then we get to your story where the libraries ban your book. So the thread here appears to be fear and hatred of Christianity. Why do you think a religion based on peace and tolerance, turning the other cheek, not showing vengeance is so scary? Well, I, my understanding of history is that the family and the church are two great pillars of Western civilization. And those two things need to be removed and taken out of the way in order to fundamentally change the power structure and the moral value code of the nation. You sort of get an idea of what's going on? And just don't think it's in Ukraine or, or some uh, libraries in California or so forth. You need to be aware of what is going on in your community. Do you even know? Are you aware of any? Most of us aren't because not that it's not happening. It's just we're too busy with our lives. And if we're not directly involved, we may not know some things that are going on. Well, I did find one thing I wanted you to be aware of. I know the print's a little small, but we had... Uh, this institution that was celebrating Trans Week. This happened probably about a, what about in November, about a month ago. Celebrated Trans Week. Can you see what institution this is? See it down at the bottom here? Lee College. Did you know about it? Did you hear about it? I wonder exactly what happened during Trans Week. They had things going on all week. They have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then even an event on Thursday, they had something um, that was going on even all week. They had a trans rock and roll exhibit uh, on the second floor of a building. Like they went pretty all out for this event. I wonder if they have, uh, I don't know, promote Jesus or Christian week where they go all out for, the, uh, for that event or so forth. You got to understand it is trickling in everywhere in our society. And if Christians are not standing up against it, who do you expect to stand up against it? And you sort of think, well, what if I just, well, that's a secular college or whatever. They're not a Christian college. We'll just, we'll just let them do it there. It's not going to really interfere in my life too much. What you've got to understand is when you do a little research, you see that their goals are 100% acceptance everywhere. So what happens when you don't accept it? Well, if you're paying attention in society, you're seeing what happens to you, whether you're a Christian author or, or anything along those lines, you see persecution happening. You see censorship happening. This stuff is happening right before our eyes. And anybody that does take a stand, they're quickly um, 
quickly shunned by society. There's this one article here where anti-transgenderism school board member under fire after 800 residents called for his removal and then even petitioned for a special election because one school, school board member made some comments that were anti-transgender in nature. I wonder what our local school board, uh, what is their opinion? Are they speaking out against this? Are they facing any persecution against this? In Matthew 19, 16, it says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. What makes this time of the year so awesome, and even what makes Christmas so awesome, is that even though there is darkness that is threatening Christianity, even though there it seems like evil is abounding in the world, and you see it starting to spread so rapidly in our own country, there is a light for us to follow. There is a light that shines on the darkness. There is a light that provides truth for us. The world has always felt threatened by God. And that what makes Christmas such a special time of the year. Because it's not just a religious uh, ceremony that we celebrate or, or so forth like that. But you've got to understand that that night so many years ago was a very, very special night. Light came into the world. Hope came into the world. It was a very holy night. A growing darkness threatens Christianity. Understand the times that we are in. Understand the world in which you are currently living in. Understand how things are changing. And be aware. Don't put your head in the sand. And don't just believe what you want to believe. Look at the facts. Look at the evidence. See what's going on. And also, as we come across this time of the year, make sure you understand how that first Christmas changed everything. There's an answer to all the issues that are going on. There's an answer to the darkness, and the answer to the darkness is the light of Jesus Christ. I show you these things that are going on in the, in the world and in America, and it's so easy for us as Christians is to maybe attack individuals. Be mad at the politicians. Be mad at the activists. Be mad at the transgender people or whatever. But that is not the solution. Christians don't solve anything by getting angry at people. You get angry at the evil. You get angry at the darkness. But you shed light to the people. You give them the hope. You give them the joy. That's what they're missing. And as Christians, that is our responsibility to share the light of Jesus Christ. And we seem shocked when we look at our schools and, and look at our universities or so forth and, and don't understand how they can be so far from God when we have allowed them for decades now to completely shun God completely and to get them out uh, of, their, of their teaching, of their curriculum, of their thinking. 
But you know what? We do the same thing in our personal lives. We have many family members that need Jesus Christ. We have many people that we know need the light of Christ. Yet we don't want to talk about it. Well, I don't want to to offend them. Well, I talked to them about it years ago and they got mad at me so I don't want to bring it up anymore. You've got to understand that we are ambassadors of light. If we can't share the light at Christmas time, when can we share it? Understand the importance of Christmas. Understand that there was a holy night where light came into the world that gives us joy, that gives us hope, that gives us truth. I want you to think about how Jesus Christ is the light of the world, how he came into the world. And I also want you to think about that we have that information and hopefully it's real to our life. But now we're responsible for sharing that with others. We're living in dark times. We're living in evil times where the storm clouds are gathering because we as Christians have stopped spreading the light of Jesus Christ. It's not one generation. It's not one church. It's not um, one group of people. It's us individually. Share Jesus Christ. Understand that at Christmas time, there's no better time than to share the light of Jesus Christ.
Dr. Shane Perez hopes this lesson encourages you and equips you to minister to others with your walk as a Christian. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at StandFirmMinistries at Yahoo.com.